Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. It remains your number one spot for NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing. It doesn't matter. Every single prop, every single play, every single point, it's all at Bet Online. When it comes to bets, when it comes to props, everything that you need is at your headquarters for sports betting. That's Bet Online. Head to the website right now, use your mobile device, sign up, get a 50, that's 50% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, that's BLEAV, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Come on, there's no need to hesitate. Bet Online, where the game starts. I hope you're ready to have your mind blown with the greatest health and fitness information on the planet. <laughs> yes, bitch! Welcome to the Mikey Likes You podcast. I am Mikey, who likes, you are you, who is liked. Again, very simple equation. I don't think we need to beat that one into the ground anymore. First and foremost, thank you to Giorgio for making things happen back here behind the scenes. And thank you to First Attachment, the greatest health and fitness supplements on the planet, Bet Online, and all of the patrons who absolutely make this show a reality. Awesome and amazing and exciting guest this evening, this afternoon, this morning. I guess with streaming, you don't need to say this morning or after because it could be any fucking time. Um, a man who is a, a veritable kind of legend in the world of hormone optimization. He is the author of many books, um, The Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, which was really eye-opening and fantastic for me. A lot of information I gather about therapeutic peptides come from this man, and he is the author of a brand new book available on digital and in paperback formats, 30 Days to shreds, reprogram your mind and metabolism to torch fat, sculpt muscle, and much, much more. Create your dream body in 30 days or less. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Jay Campbell. Welcome. A few moments later. Dude, I'm back. You have no idea how hard I geeked the intro for you, not knowing that you couldn't, like, you didn't hear any. I. I mean, I'm willing to do it again, but I can. I also think that maybe you'll just, maybe you'll just uh, be able to hear it um, when when it, when we post it. But Giorgio, come on, support me. It was I was, so good. I was geeking it. I was really geeking it. I, and look, here I'll give you a recap. It's it's perfect because I'll give you a recap because I know that uh, digital formats like that. I saying that in the world of health and fitness, you are genuinely a a a a a, a deity when it comes to hormone optimization. All of the people that I respect, men and women, um, Angie Gilbert, Stan Efferding, all these people, they actually credit you with having the deepest level of understanding, certainly with therapeutic peptides, um, testosterone replacement therapy, and uh, how it can affect you inside and out. And then your new book, which I'm very excited about, which I can attest is fantastic because Jay was lucky enough to let me see it uh, firsthand before it was even released to the public, 30 Days to Shreds. Um, I, I really am a, a big supporter of you. I'm a big believer in all the things that you say. But on top of that, it's it's super nice for me to see that because a lot of people have good information and a lot of people put out good quality stuff, but I don't know them and haven't known them for 
20 years and for you (laughs) for you it's like you and and i it's more so than just like oh i i knew the guy yeah we used to hang out no 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 like jay was part of this crew of dudes that i've talked about numerous times that was like a little older than me not not older than me but a little like a like a couple grades they graduated a couple grades before me you know and they were in there and they had their shit together and when i was really lost as a young kid at 19 20 and you come back and you come i started going to the gym to like to work out to get more chicks and everything you see this network of people who was really focused and disciplined and really took their health seriously and it was it was very transformative for me and and jay was a part of that uh, amongst other people so it's very meaningful for me to see your success and then also to hopefully be a part of perpetuating it and mike man i appreciate it. that means a lot to me and uh I, I love and appreciate you for it and you know obviously i'm grateful to be here and you know obviously i've watched you rise and all the amazing things that you've done in your life too and it is kind of cool there's probably about four or five of us i think from that pack yeah you know i think it was it was a gold's gym it was world gym right or gold's gym and then it be, no world and then it became gold yep. right i think it's yep. gold's now right it is hilarious well no it's it's yeah. gone now yeah it's r.i.p to oh, that it's gym not even there now? Yep. Wow. it didn't survive covid wow i'm real man i know dude how many amazing memories do we have there i dude i swear to god i, I tell people when I was 27, 28 years old, I hadn't even started using therapeutic testosterone yet. I was a couple years away. I was doing uh, dog crap training. And I, you remember the hack squat machine and you'd yep. walk outside into the, into the open air pit? Yep. I literally would do Dante's dog crap, you know, three sets to like violent failure and walk outside in the middle of that room and vomit. And that was literally like my, my leg training for like a year and a half. And I, my legs were so big at that time. I mean, my legs are tiny now compared to that, but my legs literally I had to wear 36 pants and I was always like 32, 33. Legs. No, that is the, that is the rub of like the bodybuilding world or like even just like having a, a physique is that <laughs> you get a, a, a jacket, you know, get a suit jacket that fits you in the shoulders and it, it looks, you look like the David pants. Byrne from talking heads. Cause it goes down your knees and you get something that fits you in your legs and it's like, oh, I'm now I'm Lil Wayne in 2003 because it's like you can't even cinch it up around around your waist. It's a, it is a rub. That's hilarious, bro. They didn't even have like quality tail, tailored uh, clothing back then for bodybuilders. I mean, you'd have to really go out on a limb and find somebody to custom make that. But yeah, man, I have so many fond memories of that gym. I didn't know it's gone. It, it didn't make it through COVID. It didn't. Yeah. Wow. It was really. It was. Dude. I went back to visit my family. Probably middle of 2021 or like end of 2021. And I was like, oh, I'll just shoot down. I'm at, I'm at my parents' house where I grew up. And I was like, I'm yeah. going to shoot down to Gold's. And my niece, my sister's oldest, is like, mm, sorry, not there. I was like, seriously? She's like, yeah, they, wow. they close. I, could, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe That's it. That's crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been a lot of like really high level dudes that crossed through those doors over the last, let's say like 25 years, man. I mean, a lot, and like you said, a lot of people that are like big names in the industry and stuff now too. So it's wow, man, may it rest in peace. Yeah. Because and, a lot of people who, if you're not from Southern California, you don't understand, but uh, you know, Pasadena is, it's in LA County, but it's kind of separated on the Eastern side, whereas the beach cities would be separated on the Western side of LA. Right. So if you're doing anything on the East side uh, that had to anything to do with health, fitness or bodybuilding, that was the spot, you know, so yeah. and Pasadena Civic Auditorium would host a lot of bodybuilding shows. Yeah, that is what that is why I had the now infamous at least to like 10 people who listen to this podcast situation where Ronnie Coleman started curling my my weight, my max weight for overhead press with dumbbells. And he's like, oh, I got it. And he just started curling it like casually. <laughs> 
that really <laughs> that, that busted up my ego. It's awesome, man. Amazing, amazing memories we have from back in the days, man. It is. It's true. And, and I look people who are not as geeky about health and fitness as you and I are, which is most people probably you're like, yeah. Oh, look, look at these delightful meatheads who are just waxing poetic about their, their time in the gym. And I always like to remind people, I say, no, it's really, it really has nothing to do with abs and biceps. It, it was about like, that was a place where it became very easy, certainly for young men to find themselves. It was, it was kind of a crucial component of it, you know? It's sad that it's not as much as it used to be, but yeah, bro. I mean, like everybody back in those days that wanted to make something beyond their life, you know, not you know, because obviously it taught discipline, right? And that's what most people today lack is that stick to that intestinal fortitude to like wake up early or just go every day or every other day, you know, like repetitively and then get bigger and get stronger and get more functional. And people just don't have that today, bro. Everybody is on this. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it as as much as anyone because I try to make a living with it, you know, by promoting. But at the same time, I, I am cognizant of how addictive it is. I mean, and how much – it's not even just an addiction in the sense that an addiction, at least you're kind of aware of why you're chasing things. Like at yeah. least for drugs and alcohol. I don't know much about gambling and sex addiction. But for al- drugs and alcohol, like you loved getting fucked up, the end. And it's like this yeah. provides that. With yeah. the phone, I don't know if people are even always aware of how much like their life will be dete- their life force is deteriorating slowly as yeah. they get you know pulled into it. It's a good question. I mean, I have you know my daughters are fifteen and thirteen, and they're very regulated as far as how much they have access to the screen. But th- they're going to have access to the screen, and you know now it's like with the educational system, the educational system mandates that they have access to the screen. So right. you're kind of hot. It's like a catch twenty two, like how much you can limit them and also how much you actually prevent their possible productivity from using them. But yeah, dude, that's a really good question. I I don't think most people are really truly conscious of what the screen does to them. I mean, you and I, we could talk all day and like you said, wax poetic on what EMFs are doing to the environment, uh, to the end our endocrine systems. I mean, all of this technology, like when you really look at it in a big picture, if you don't hyper regulate it, control it, you know, push it into like specific windows of the day. I mean, it's desecrating physicality. Yeah. It's just, it's destroying it. There's no, it's not even debatable at this point. Well, and, and I look at, <clears throat> it's very rare when you see like schools of thought, various schools of thought that have these common through lines, right. Of agreement on things. And when you're talking about mental health, the kind of traditional Western psychiatrist and maybe like an Ayurvedic teacher and certain maybe like an ancient Chinese medicine medicinal practitioner if you you could you could go all over a yogi there one of the kind of through lines that people seem to agree on in every arena is that you can't be distracted and taken away from the present moment and engagement with nature is vital there's no one that disagrees with that that for optimum mental health you need those things and it seems like devices are just putting, you know, just giant arrows right through the middle of the heart of both of those things. Yeah, I mean, dude, I don't know how deep and esoteric you want to go on all of it, but um, it's, it's purposeful. Um, nature is God. So it's like if you want to take spiritual beings away from, quote unquote, their God-given right, their God-given natural environment, you, you give them technology. You give them things that are the antithesis to being in nature. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, bro, like if you don't have a mentor, a teacher, a father, you know, 
that can tell you that you have to spend time in nature every day, regardless of where you live in the world, um, you're going to be enslaved. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to be one of those people. Let's just face it. That's just like, Hey man, chip me, connect me to the metaverse, you know, make me a biobot or a bionic robot or whatever, you know, what they want to call them, those people, you know, it's kind of like it, the, the society is bifurcating into like people, you know, like us, who realize the value of nature and then people who will never even care, you know, like you look at five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road from now. And those people literally just be bought up, like chip me, put me into my virtual world. You know, it's a lot easier, quote unquote, to live in that virtual world than it is to like be like Jay and Mike and exercise and lift and, you know, eat clean and live insulin controlled and stuff like that. So you can just see it. Like it's going to be two probably parallel realities. Right. And it's, it's very strange in that, you know, there's always been for, for decades, it's been a difficult thing to try to convince people that taking care of their physical health is important. What's very bothersome to me is that just in the last five years or so, yeah. maybe even less, it's become a political issue. I mean, it, it, it really, it, the idea of, of like, Eating a certain way and lifting weights has, is now your right wing by virtue of doing it. <laughs> and, and it is silly because it's funny because you, la you laugh and it's, it seems – but it's genuinely true that – you know, and, I, and I don't know if it was uh, the, the, the like ideas of vaccines or anti-vaccines or, or maybe COVID had something. I don't know, but it's very strange for me to – have a certain person on my podcast who is a champion powerlifter and they're like alt-right maniac. I was like, what, what are you – I don't even. Right. I, I none, never even crossed my mind. Is this the guy like red meat or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're right, dude. I mean, they were labeling people like us as that classification and category. And anybody who knows me knows that I'm like apolitical. Like, I'm, if anything, if you asked me what my political persuasion was, I'd say I'm an anarchist. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> As long as I can find peptides and hormones, who, no, let, let the rest of society run itself. <laughs> well, most people don't even know what the word anarchy means, right? Because they've been brainwashed to think that it's just somebody that wants to destroy everything. But that's yeah. actually not true. Anarchy, the, the true definition of anarchy is we have to start over. The current systems are failing or have failed. And anarchists believe, no, we have to start from the beginning. We have to create something over. So, I mean, essentially, it's the whole entropy from entropy comes creation. That's what an anarchist is, but it's yeah. all been misunderstood. People just think that anarchies, anarchists are people that just want to destroy everything. And I'm very, exactly. I'm very happy you brought that up because I, one thing that I thought, or at least I'm hopeful that we could all agree upon, regardless if you're like, you could be super lib living in Berkeley or like just like off the grid, Idaho, right wing, you know, I, I, I don't really care. One thing I think we should be able to agree on is that this isn't working. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is we're doing now, whatever this system is, is not okay for us. And we should press the reset button. You know, <laughs> I don't mean that in a, in a dark way. I don't mean it in a dystopian future kind of, you know, warfare kind of way. But I mean, like, we can't, we got to stop. We just got to rethink everything because whatever this mm. is, is not working. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that at this point. I think it's just getting to like, how do we reset it without having strife, yeah. civil war, you know, quote unquote, societal collapse? Because I mean, look, dude, everything is based on systems that have failed. Mm -hmm. Politics is a sham. Uh, banking system, you know, debt, debt servitude and usury does not work. 
you know, the power is in the, in the hands of very, very elite. I mean, it's weird, man. Cause I travel the world. Obviously I know you do too. I mean, I'm very blessed in my life to be able to travel as much as I do. And I, I can definitely tell you that there are still small sects of people that are not affected by inflation. They're not affected by, you know, the economy eroding in different areas. But as you know, bro, like in history, it proves it. Like you can't have 1% owning everything. Yeah. And everybody else's slaves. I mean, the, it's the getting close. By the way, it's getting closer to like 0.08%. I know. Owning I, mean, it, it's <laughs> I, I mean, it's weird though, because like, I think the more you travel, the more you're in, in that group of that 0.01 or 011, whatever it is, percent. Um, and so you don't see it as much. You're in the inner cities. I mean, I know you know this, but bro, if you go to downtown LA or downtown Atlanta or downtown Miami or any downtown major city, they are literally cesspools yeah i mean it is so sad what has happened to so many of these major cities and so all you have to do is just be in the united states and go to any of those places and see how unfortunate it is austin i mean i was just in austin two weeks ago and i couldn't even believe it it's the first time i've been in austin pre-covid and i was like what happened here but it's like every major city now is like this. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, there's no one that's spared. It doesn't matter whether it's a red state or a blue state. I mean, every major city has been made to collapse internally. So, you know, how do we fix those things without, you know, like you said, having some form of revolution or civil war or collapse, societal collapse? It's, it's, it's not an easy thing. That's unfortunate. No. And it takes it takes a lot of work on both sides. That's when yeah. I you and I could have a very I can have a very similar uh, conversation. Uh, the one the one I'm having with you right now. And regardless of where the other person saying, you know, some of my uh, friends from the entertain, entertainment industry back in L.A. would certainly take one side. And some of my, you know, military friends here in central Texas would certainly take another. Sure. And I go like, you know, you don't understand. It's both sides have to like we've got it. Yeah. We got to both collectively agree that. We're not on the winning team right now, right. and we need to right. make the winning team. Right. Like because right. the enemy, it really isn't each other. It's, it's this other nebulous kind of weird thing that's going on. But <laughs> to 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 talk about something that I think would help, and that is overall health, and that is something that you are a genuine expert on. And uh, I was very uh, the new book again, Thirty Days to Shreds. Jay Campbell is the guest. Um, I, I was I I. I had my eye opened and changed my thoughts on a lot of things when I read your metabolic blowtorch diet. And then uh, I already talked about, you know, the testosterone replacement, which is had been literally labeled a Bible and hormone optimization. You know, you've had many successful books on the topic. And now it does seem like the taboo around HRT and, and, and uh, testosterone or just use of hormones in a, in a therapeutic fashion is, is a lot different than it was even just four or five years ago. But it also, it, to me, as someone who I, I, I know what I'm talking about, but I would not consider myself an expert. It is a very vague world in that I have a friend of mine who walks up to me and he's 44. He's my age. He's like, do you think I should get on hormones? I go like, hmm, maybe. I think if you need them, they'll be life-changing. But I don't know. I mean, can you help refine that? Obviously, you you can't do that in a podcast. But can you give us some brush strokes on like, where and why people are going to use hormone replacement therapy? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, most people, and, and like you said, I don't want to paint a broad brushstroke, but most people in first world countries today, and I just lived, you know, I just, I know you know this, but I was living in Mexico for mm -hmm. 10 months and we just moved back into Florida. 
uh, in July. So, I mean, I have a really great appreciation of Latin American culture. But if you're in the United States, this place is so desecrated by obviously, you know, pesticides, the fertilizer in the environment, all the phytoestrogens, the chemicals. I mean, I could go on and on and on. So most people in America, if you're in a large, you know, let's just call it a population center, whether it's urban or coastal, you're likely being attacked by your environment, right? Mm -hmm. So most people over the age of, say, between, let's just say between 35 and 45, uh, unless they're super anal retentive, and again, obviously, in today's day and age, it's pretty difficult to, to be that way with so much you know, so much responsibility given to almost everybody, especially with devices keeping people on 24-7. Um, you may or may not, and again, it's highly likely you have a hormone deficiency. So the first step is definitely to get your lab work done. And anyone can do this. You don't need a doctor. You can go to direct labs, private MD labs. There's like 20 different places now, discounted labs. Uh, and just order a free testosterone, total testosterone. And I like to, for men, I like to order a sensitive estradiol test mm. just to see what you're functioning or how you're functioning. And if, and if you get, you know, levels that come back and now you don't have to be a genius to understand relab lab levels because they, you know, grade them in like a specific cord aisle and they'll put you in red if you're low or green if you're not. But almost everybody, Mike, is somewhat low and, 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 and something that people need to understand, which is important is the standard mean deviation, which is like the high level and the low levels have been compressed for statistically now 10 years. So it's been a decade. And I'm sure you remember, bro, back in the days, you know, uh, the total testosterone level that was considered high was 1350 yeah. and low was considered 340. And now Low is 175 and high is 798 according to LabCorp. Now there are other you know lab company lab measurement companies, but they're compressing the, the high and the low end. And the reason they say that, and this is very conspiratorial, but they say it's because of obesity. Because as people get fatter and more insulin resistant, hormone levels uh, you know decline. And so they're using that. But, you know, if you talk to people who are clinicians, and obviously I'm, you know, blessed to have many, many of the best hormone optimization physicians in the world that I work with and, uh, you know, speak with on a day in, day out basis, they'll tell you that they're really just trying to further restrict the access to testosterone legally for both men and women. So it's a really weird situation now, but most people today in first world countries, thankfully, and it's really outside of the United States and Canada, um, it's difficult, but you can get a prescription for therapeutic testosterone. Yeah. And if you're a woman, you may need estradiol, you may need progesterone. But as you said earlier, it's a difference for people who are who are functioning with a deficiency is, is like transforming their life. Yep. I mean, when you have low testosterone as a man, you are not a man. And as you know, go outside and look around and you see so many people under the age of 30. I think they call them, what, Gen Z? Is mm -hmm. that what they're yeah. called now? Yeah. Uh, you and I are comfortably well, in Gen X, but that is, uh, yeah, the, what we would call well, kids I mean, today are Gen Z. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane to see so many, like emasculated men yes and you know you, you know i, I don't want to like make a i just lectured at a conference two weeks two weekends ago and you know there was a a woman there that was talking about this and very very high level uh but she's basically saying that the reason we have sexual confusion without getting into like a trans this or trans that is that in the last 30 years since we introduced birth control into the water supply or the water table in the united states 
the runoff of water of, of birth control, um, you know, in the toilets and again in the water table, has been the uh, decline of testosterone in utero in both men and women. So when you see this, and again, I think you, I think you and I talked about this the last time I was on your podcast, but uh, Dr. Anthony Jay in his amazing book Estrogeneration talks about. Uh, when they put male fish into any freshwater stream, river, tributary, lake in the United States now, within one year, they become female. Wow. So all you have to understand, yeah, dude, all you have to understand now is that we have this massive decline of hormones. In utero, both male and female fetuses are not exposed to enough testosterone. So when you see this, you have all the sexual identification confusion yeah which is the result of what we see out there now. So it's like, you know, this woman that was lecturing, you know, I won't use her name because I don't want to get her in any trouble. She was saying that all we're really seeing right now is the results of modernization uh, destroying the ecological and biological systems in the United States. And you're seeing this haywire, you know, people run amok, people confused sexually, people confused, uh, you know, from a physiological standpoint. And this is all you know, easily explained due to hormones and, and due to a decline in hormones. And so, you know, listening to this person, edu very educated, very advanced scientist, you know, use science and graphs and data and, and show you all this kind of stuff, you kind of understand a lot better. But obviously, you're not going to see this in the mainstream media because the mainstream media has kind of glommed on to this as just a movement. It, you know, it, is, like it is it is kind of it's not only concerning, it's kind of gotten gross. Mm -hmm. And it's not just with mm -hmm. hormones, it's with certain forms of exercise, yes. certain ways of eating. All of it. Where they're they're now just doing extreme gymnastics to try to not print things that oftentimes right. can just be or, or or make things that oftentimes can just be uncomfortable to view. The the idea of yeah. well, what you're missing in life is actually just effort and and self self-actualization and and make having accountability um you know say i i saw that uh, an md again who will remain unnamed was talking openly about how he's he or she so i will say <laughs> yeah. more, uh, was very 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 concerned about telling people to reduce calories even yeah that they'll be yeah. clinically obese people will come into his office or her office and he will um, encourage them to eat less because it's very important because they need to lose a criminal. And he said that I, I do feel now I'm treading on thin ice by just saying, well, you need to eat less food and yeah. you need to yeah. move more. Well, I, well, I, I totally understand and empathize with that person. Um, but here's the truth, bro. They have made obesity, you know, whatever they call it, body acceptance, they have made this as like now a model of like a badge of honor. Right. Like, and, and, and if we just, again, look at this from a biological perspective, we both know that statistically, if you're obese, your life is going to be shorter mm -hmm. than if you're not obese. And the other thing is, and this is, I think, really important, and I love making this uh, point because so few people understand what's happening in an obese person biologically and my mom you know god rest her soul she died this year at mars she was almost 80 years old but she was morbidly obese the last 24 years of her life and so many of my brothers and sisters and family members attempted to help her but you know she had a lot of issues mentally 
from being in a toxic marriage and and just there's just a lot of things that go on for people that are obese but the truth is is that when you're obese bro you are inflamed and having cytokine storms in your body 24 7. Mm -hmm. there is probably no one on the planet that suffers more than obese people do i mean like I want people to understand listening to this podcast that when you're obese, you are literally metabolically on fire 24-7. You feel like dog shit at all times. So I, the reason I'm saying this is we as a species, as a society, we need, we must have more compassion for obese people. I'm not saying to like, you know, stop your car on the street and get out and say, hey, can I help you? But right. like, be more compassionate for these folks because they are suffering in ways that most people can't comprehend. The other thing is, and again, Dr. J, you know, got on to me about this stuff like four years ago. If you're in the flyover country and you're not there yet, bro, you got to go up a little north. Oh yeah, no, I, I know what legit, <laughs> but, you know, where it's like really. Dude, yeah, these people are literally being tortured by atrazine glyphosate i mean the stuff that is in the air from say like oklahoma through iowa through ohio through michigan through indiana even further west colorado even into the eastern colorado they are being annihilated and dr j literally was showing me studies that like if you get this stuff in the rinds of your visceral fat you can't get it out like, mm -hmm. even if you were exercising and dieting and doing, you know, 30 days to shreds and living insulin controlled and using various hormones or growth hormone or peptides, which we can talk about, you still can't get this out. These chemicals have bombarded your fat deposits and you are stuck with these in your skin. And like, that's why a lot of these people, they'll say, I exercise, I live insulin controlled, I do all these things right. And I still cannot lose the weight. And it's because they literally are chemically castrated chemically annihilated i mean they have been literally bombed for three decades by all the stuff that they spray and disperse you know in the air in the midwest from farms from uh, all the chemicals do you think oh, i'm not in any way but zero percent trying to refute all of what you just said but i also think a huge component because you did point out like that you you travel places especially places yeah. that have a glaringly different um culture to ours in the west yeah and one thing you realize is how ill and i and i'm certainly i'm not even talking about obesity or and physically how how much americans suffer uh psychologically yeah. i yes. you know and how much you know when i start to think about like what stress does with what cortisol like extremely high cortisol prolonged for prolonged periods um you know and hormonally internally what your soul and brain suffering all day, which it seems like is every American at this point. I mean, yeah, I, I I could even see the writing on the wall a little bit with Loveline, where when I first started hosting Loveline, most calls were about like my girlfriend farts too much. What should I do? You know, and and it very quickly got into like my dad rapes me, uh, my my mom you know threatens to kill herself every day, and and that was progressively getting to the point, and certainly drug addiction is is incalculable and i'm just wondering this is an impossible question to answer but i am asking you because you're a guy who's really good with not only the physical but also with the the spiritual and emotional how much of our bodies failing us in the west 
is our souls failing us first and how much of our souls failing us is our bodies failing us first or is there bro i love you that's the best question probably that anyone's ever asked me a hundred percent thanks hundred percent i mean i i tell people okay so we're gonna go meta here so we are if we're looking at the scale of consciousness right like we are as divine essence beings literally energy and frequency right we aren't even these physical bodies we we're in these physical avatar bodies in this third dimension experience to again evolve and grow our soul for those of us that have souls you know, yeah. i can probably debate there's some people out there that are probably not sold but anyway that's a whole nother only discussion. a couple in dc there's I mean, a lot of agent yeah. smiths bro but 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 the reality is is um what you said is exactly it when when people are spiritually amputated and traumatized from daddy raping them, from being beat up as a child, from being molested, from being psychologically tormented, from all these different things we've all traumatized. As I always say, like when my mom delivered me or when, my, when the doctor delivered me, they dropped me right on my head. You know, my parents always joke, they're like, that's why he is the way he is. But like, <laughs> you were traumatized right out of the womb, right? So it's like all of us have been traumatized. So to think that some people are not traumatized and, you know, they have better lives than others is just not true. The reality is, is some people are able to integrate their trauma better or have better mentorship or leadership as children. And they get really good, you know, influences and stuff like that. But we're all traumatized. So your question is the best question that anybody can ask because all things that lead to physiological disease states or ideologies of disease, whether it's obesity, it's insulin resistance, it's type two diabetes, it's a heart disease. It's even, you know, type three diabetes, which is neurological, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, Lou Gehrig's, all those things. They all start from a place of not loving and trusting self Mm. and not loving and trusting self comes from the trauma, the spiritual amputation. And again, all of us have dealt with this. I'm obviously 52 years old now, and I was not at a place where I loved and trusted myself until I was 46. Yeah. Right? So it's like, but to love and trust yourself takes work, as you know, Mike. I well, mean, you can't. Giorgio and I, Giorgio, who's, who's uh, one generation below me, and we were talking about this point. I don't want to get into his business. It's, it's un, not, I didn't chat, but we were talking about life, just being a man, you know, growing. Yeah. And um, I, I could, I, I was echoing the same thing. It's like, don't beat yourself up further because if anything, I can tell you I was exactly where you were right now, if not worse, where it's just yeah. like this whole world is so fucking confusing and I don't really know if I know myself and if I do, I don't really like it very much. And it took me till the point to probably within the last couple of years to do that. I'm a 44-year-old yeah. man. It really did take me that long to get to that point. Um, and yeah. another thing, another point you made that I, and I'll let you get back to, to making it, but I thought it was really important to point out is like, I also hate when people make a hierarchy of trauma yeah. when they're like, you know, oh, well, what do you have to worry about? You know, there's kids who are, you know, their parents starve to death while they're before they're one year old in, in parts of Africa. And I go, you're absolutely right. And what's going on in Palestine and Israel right now? Those, those children have right. trauma. I go, you're, that is massive trauma. I go, but it doesn't take away from the fact that a girl whose parents call her fat since she can remember like that's that's nuclear trauma i mean that is also just earth-shatteringly traumatic you know yes 
Well, so so well, so, well to that though. So what? What? Let's just in, invert that a little bit and just what if every being from the people in Hamas, Middle East, you know, who are you know dealing with that horrific stuff to people who are born in Somalia or any place where they're you know they live for three months and they're born with one eye and two legs and or, or no legs and one arm or something like that. You know, because people talk about this kind of stuff when they like you said they try to hierarchically classify trauma. What if at soul levels we choose to come in and experience these forms of trauma to ultimately evolve and grow? Now, I always say this, you know, from all my spiritual mentorship and teachings, and obviously, as you know, I'm very well read and, and I meditate at least 60 minutes a day, sometimes longer, depending on how much time I have. So I'm, you know, very, very doing a lot of inner work. The, the truth is there's two things that we come in here as souls to master. And that is number one, to overcome victimhood. Okay. 80% of people are vibrating in victimhood. If you quantify it on the scale of consciousness, you know, Dr. Hawkins, 200 is a line of integrity, which is courage. So once you get to two, 200, you're, you're courageous. You're not in victimhood anymore. Right. Okay. Because that you're accountable. I'm, a, I'm accountable. You know, I always tell my little 13 year old daughter, Gabby, it's your fault, Gabby. <laughs> you know, my, my wife hates me saying that to her because like, it's not her fault, but you know, don't use those words. But I use that word because it's strong for them to understand that like, until you can get to a place in your life where you can accept that everything that happens to you is your personal responsibility to A, deal with and B, overcome, it's your fault, right? So it's simple for a younger person to understand it's my fault, right? Even though they don't want to see that. So overcoming victimhood, number one. And then number two, and this is the biggest one, and obviously most people don't even overcome victimhood for who knows how many life cycles and incarnations. But once you do, number two is then managing your energy field. Because remember, we're only energy. We're in these physical bodies. We're energy and frequency inhabiting physical bodies to evolve and grow our soul. So dude, Everything that happens to us, you only have control over one thing, right? Your vibration. Okay. You control your vibration. Do you want to keep your vibration high in three, four hundred range, or do you want to stay in victimhood, right? You have that choice. But when you're managing your energy correctly, and again, there's really no right or wrong in managing your energy, you choose. But if you want to evolve as a soul, you want to not react out of fear, which is again 80% people who are vibrating in victimhood so if something happens to them and they just react instinctively survival programming it's fear-based or and this is obviously the advanced consciousness being soul you choose to respond out of love and choosing to respond out of love takes thought power it takes courage it takes time you can't just like react, you know, I always use like you're driving down the road, right? And you, you have this amazing meditation in the morning and you're driving to your place of work. And you're driving to the studio to have this awesome podcast and some maniac cuts you off on the freeway, yeah. bro. And you're like, grab the steering wheel. Like, you know, when you're reacting out of fear, you're like, well, you're getting up next to him. Like, pull over. I'm going to kill you. Whatever. We've all been there. Or... And this is what so few people do, but man, if you can choose to do this, it's life changing. You just step back. You're like, man, that person must be having a really bad day. I'm going to send you love. Yeah. And you send that loving thought. And this is, again, most people don't understand this. You send this loving thought and that loving thought literally transmutes that dissonant 
negative frequency of that person who's having a bad day, driving like a complete maniac. And if you know this, you can see this in in, in physical reality all the time. If that person is making eye contact with the person sending love, they're going to be like, instead of being like, they're like, like, they're not mad at me. They're not trading, you know, fuck you with fuck you. Yeah. Because your sending love has transmuted their dissonant frequency. And again, this is just energy. This is, you know, thermodynamics. This is quantum physics, quantum entanglement. But we know that love overcomes fear energetically and physically in real life and of course energetically so you can do this but it takes work bro it i'm really, really does work it's almost like we planned this or i'm going to make it seem like we did because it's so eloquent and and it's so kind of beautiful how you go on this and i, and I, I thought what you just said was really powerful and really meaningful and yet we started the podcast with talking about like well how do we solve this how do we solve this where we need to completely rearrange how we're doing things without going into full-blown thermonuclear war? Yeah. And maybe it's just a collective agreement to do exactly what you just said. Because yeah. Lord knows I know removing myself from the kind of toxic world of like, look at these libtards doing fill in the blank. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at this Trump, look at this MAGA idiot doing fill. You know, the other day I, I saw these uh, uh, YouTube and, and the, uh, this person who did this was a, a genuine friend of mine who I think is very smart but they were picking on these college students in New York who were taking down um, Israeli hostages they were taking down the, the flyers of Israeli hostages and they were filming it and talking about like oh you know the oppressors you know and he was clearly very upset about this and I and I uh, too I think that, that was a very misguided thing to do but I uh, I watched it and I go those are 19 year old girls and they're like, they're probably so thirsty for positive attention. And they know that if they put this up with like certain aspects of TikTok, they're going to get that. And they're going to go home. And after that, they don't have, they're not going to have like visceral love and fun. It's like, I actually genuinely feel felt bad for those girls, as opposed to going, I'm just so angry at you for doing something that I don't surface level agree with sure i was like yeah, sure. this is this is your life now for a 19 year old girl you should be going out and really f uh, finding out what life is all about and embracing yeah. the fact that you're not in the west bank you know like you you're at a, a, a amazing university and you could have you have every intellectual freedom that, that the world has ever dreamed of and and you're young and you're healthy and, and i was like the fact that you're doing this and then filming it and posting it i was like you probably probably really hurting inside herself you know so, 100%. That's the way that's the way I look at it. And I mean, I I I hate to get too overly sappy because uh a lot of it is just there is you know some of the stuff there's so there's such a amazing lack of right or wrong answer that it almost yeah. gets to the point where you start to play armchair philosopher and then it's it's like BS. One thing I know there's right and wrong answers to is getting ripped. And you are a man who understands getting ripped. I'm I'm, I'm genuinely excited about 30 Days to Shreds, uh, which is, again, Jay Campbell's new book. I want you to talk about it, and I have I have a couple uh, kind of questions and ideas about kind of the protocol. But first, please give the people the, the kind of nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say, bro, I love you, dude. 44 you, minutes. We just talked about some very profound, deep stuff and nothing to do with health health-related. So just to echo what you just said, 
it's proof that like enough of us are conscious enough now to like really talk about things that matter, even though we are going to swing it back to some of the topics that we want to talk about this. But this world right now is definitely at a crossroads. And those of us who are consciously aware enough that it is have to do everything in our power to promote nonviolence, to promote acceptance, to promote allowance, to promote all of those things. And what you just said about those girls is 100% accurate. Too many people are opted into the technological narrative, which is, you know, what you want to call the parasitic dark side or whatever wants people to. And so, as I always tell people, you have to opt out. You have to focus on what you can control, which is your vibration. But to answer your question about 30 days to shreds, um, as you know, dude, it's a, it's a mat. It's a, I mean, I call it a, a fat loss masterpiece. It's depending on your um, platform, whether you get it on, uh, you know, Kindle or you buy the paperback, it's 450 pages. I mean, it's a, it's an absolute monster book. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, it's so big, you know, most people that like read fat loss books are like, bro, it's a pamphlet. A fat loss book is usually an ebook. That's like, here's your it's macros. Here's your, and I'm, I'm, I'm not shitting on that because actually some of that stuff can be helpful to people, of course, but it's not, of course. it's not transforming people who are so lost or, or really have the desire, but don't have the, the know-how. Yeah. And that's what this book is, right? Like we, we took the book and we were like, okay, we want to write a book to give people an action plan for, for obviously for newbies, for intermediates and for advanced level, uh, dieters. Right. And we also wanted to like deconstruct the marketplace from like an awareness level of like, okay, well, you know, every bro knows about fat loss and, you know, eating less calories and, you know, lowering carbohydrates and blah, blah, blah. But like, how can we actually take this where we can you know, can deconstruct the, you know, mythos of like calories in versus calories out, but also, you know, enhance it by saying, hey, man, in the last three or four years, there's been new peptides and GLP-1 agonists that have come out that have completely radically changed the fat loss game. And so how do we take those things and make them, you know, combine that into the book in a way that, you know, an average person could get tremendous benefit and, and, and impact and obviously meaning. Uh, and so that's what the book is. And, you know, very truthfully, as you said, you know, the metabolic blowtorch diet, it's crazy to think it's almost eight years old. Right. But, uh, I was using that book or that, excuse me, that diet, that basis of that diet, dude, this goes back to the gold's gym days, yeah. you know, with 2007, 2008, with a lot of people in that gym and, you know, a lot of people who knew me, you know, internally were like, dude, you should write a book on this because like you've helped so many people. And so I wrote the blowtorch diet in 2017, but that book was a very basic 160 page book that basically taught people how to like alter the day fast. And I wasn't teaching them. I was borrowing it and expanding on, you know, other great writers and authors and stuff, but it's basically just an idea that you train and you eat and then you fast and you do your cardio. Right. So it's like an every other day experience. And depending on how much body fat you have to lose, uh, you know, you extend the length of your fast. So then this book, which is again, literally six and a half years later, uh, you know, takes those concepts and truly advances them from a standpoint of like, Hey, you can also use these peptides. You can also use these gray market agents. You know, I always have them around me now, whatever I'm going to do a podcast. And of course I don't have them with me now. Cause I think my house cleaner was here yesterday. Someone's stealing your peptides. Dude, Someone came to vacuum and jacked your peptides? No, nah, they weren't even peptides. I was just going to show you like the um, albuterol, liquid albuterol, you know, basically like research. There's all these new research chems, as you know now too, that people can buy, you know, online if they know what they're doing and and use them to enhance. So, 
So basically, you know, 30 Days to Shreds is a program that embraces the metabolic blowtorch diet, improves upon it, and then teaches you, like, depending, again, how much fat loss you have or how much fat loss you, you, you require, depending on what level you're at, you can use these various peptides, call them GLP-1 agonists, to dramatically extend the length of your fast windows and, and do that within the context of health and longevity. And I, I think you know this, like, any person who can fast two days a week between 18 and 20 hours. And if you really want to go deeper, you know, 20 to 22 hours, because we want to talk about autophagy and hormesis, that, that you're going to be a lean person. There's absolutely no way that you're going to be obese and insulin resistant if you can do that. Consistently. Consistently. Yeah, because I, I don't want people to think that you're... 40% body fat and you can for, do for life. two Absolutely. days for life. <laughs> for life. It's not a fad diet. It's yeah. not a, like you're going to do this for 30 days and it's over, right? Like we have obviously a chapter in there about maintenance dieting. You know, as you know, one of the biggest issues with people who do diets, quote unquote, is, you know, and not look at it as a lifestyle is that they get to from point A to point C and then they get to point C and they're like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? And then, you know, the most fat loss book writers and authors, they don't focus on that because they're just trying to get them from A to Z, right? And when they, once they get there, it's like, oh, what do we do now? But our book really focuses on, okay, you've gotten to where you want to maintain or, you know, stay. What do I do now? And a lot of people, and again, you know this, right? 40% body fat. You can't pick up my book and think you're going to go from 40% body fat to 10% body fat in 30 days. Right. Now, you can go from 40% to 29% in 30 days and then take 7 to 10 to 14 days off eating at maintenance as we instruct you and then go into a 30-day phase again and go from 29 to 22. So, you know, it just depends, right? But that's a really good point that you brought up because if you're morbidly obese, you're 40% body fat. You can absolutely, in six months with this program, get to a goal weight and maintain it for the rest of your life. And most importantly, do it within the, health of, uh, within the context of health and longevity. As you know, bro, most crash diets fail. They cause massive rebound weight gain. They cause thyroid dysregulation. I mean, there's so many bad things that crash diets do. That, and, and this is why the majority of dieters, people are dieting to lose weight, are constantly on a yo-yo dieting pro right. program or platform because they don't understand as you said that this is not a diet this is a lifestyle and a lot of so that's been the case that. that's been the case by the way for for a very long time at least certainly since we were kids for sure all of us had um you know my my parents friends or my my mom's pta friends who were like doing weight watchers in the 80s and then <laughs> you know they like the idea of like i'm going to do whatever it takes to lose 30 pounds Right. And then it comes back and then you have to go through yep. the cycle and it's really frustrating. Um, and then internally, you don't know, like you said, your thyroid, what's going on with that. And uh, people ask me, I'm sure they ask you up the yin yang, um, like, what's the secret? And I go like there, the secret is making it there, just right. who I am. I don't look, I don't exactly think right. I diet. I, you I just, don't. I, I, this is how I, because it makes me, and it has very little to do. I'm sure some of it's vanity. Some of it is for sure. But very little of it is because I just it makes me feel better. Look, you know? remember two two twofold purpose as a soul in the physical avatar body in the third dimension. That's to evolve and grow, and we do that by overcoming victimhood and managing our energy field. And this is not vanity. You can't manage your energy field unless you have a physical avatar body that is balanced, hormonally balanced emotionally balanced, 
spiritually balanced. Remember going back to an obese person who's literally dealing with cytokine storms 24-7. They're not balanced. Right. They're not hormonally balanced. They're not emotionally balanced because, Mike, they're in pain. They're in literally constant suffering. Now, if you're an obese person and you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, this is a big step right now because, like, if you're honest with yourself, you know what I'm saying is true. And so it's the first step is getting the physical avatar body better optimized, better health in order to attain these balanced things because you can't attain these things that people have. Now, and again, I'm not saying they're not outliers, right? Of course, there's obese people out there that have amazing vibrations and they just through it all, they're somehow able to do this. But right. that's that would be a that would be a very small outlier of people, and the even average, even those people are swimming upstream. They, exactly. I mean, they would be the first to tell you. The average you know? obese person is suffering, and they're literally going from survival programming to survival programming throughout their day because they are in such pain. Mm -hmm. They're in such anguish, emotional distress. Not to mention when they go out in public, people are judging them. People are looking at them funny. I mean, it's like I said, man. I have absolutely enormous amazing heartfelt compassion for obese people. I will stop what I'm doing. If somebody messages me and I get a lot of messages uh, and says, look, man, I, I'm, I'm morbidly obese. You know, I heard your podcast, you, you know, talking about your mom and it really, it triggered me and it really asked me to like send this email to you. I, I know you probably won't respond. I always do. Um, and, 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 and is there anything, any advice you can give me? And I always say like, don't stop, like, don't quit. Don't give up. You, there, there's hope around the corner, but it, it's back to what you just said. You have to literally make a fundamental change of your life. Right. The fundamental perception that you do not love and trust yourself. You have to get to a place where you do love and trust yourself. And again, dude, you know, I don't want to get into like, you know, woo woo cachet stuff, but like, you know, we talk about this in the book, you know, affirmations, uh, getting to a place where you do feel confident enough about who you are as a being that you can now take on this diet, this dietary approach, this fasting lifestyle. Because again, dude, and you know this, and, and we talked about this, I, I know you and I talked about this like three or four years ago on, the, on a podcast. I've done a number of them with you. Um, no matter what you do from a physical standpoint, if you don't love and trust yourself, you won't hold it. Right. You'll sabotage. You won't see You'll the value. You won't something. consistently see the value. In doing it. You'll destroy yourself at some place in time. And I know you know this, like how many bodybuilders, how many bros, fit bros, you know, quit at some point because they, what they saw in the mirror was never enough. We all have some level of muscle dysmorphia. I'm not big enough, blah, blah, blah. I'm not ripped enough. You know, you get ripped and then you're not, you're too small and then you get big and you're too fat. So it's like, we all do that to each other, but it's like, if you can't truly look in the mirror and appreciate who you are and feel good about the way you look, again, regardless of your size or your level of leanness, that you're never going to ever get to a place where you can maintain what you ultimately desire. Right. And so again, it comes back to the idea of loving and trusting yourself. And there's a lot of steps and a lot of ways that you can teach yourself to love and trust yourself, but you have to make effort. And, you know, I always say like the, 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 the fastest way to get there is through affirmations. You know, obviously you can spend time in the morning and stillness and, you know, do a lot of spiritual uh, contemplation and, you know, read books on great spiritual teachings and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, affirmations, 
like literally looking in the mirror and speaking to what you see in the mirror, which when you can speak in the mirror to yourself, you're actually communicating with your higher self. Right. And until you can get to that place, you're going to self-sabotage and defeat. And again, dude, we're all, we've all been there, bro. And, and I think, I, I do think people, far too many people roll their eyes at the idea of like, the self-helpy type of idea of looking in a mirror and talking positively. Yes. But I also think those a, a, a larger percentage of people grossly underestimate how shitty we are to ourselves. Even subconscious, yes. like how, how you, you would never, and not, I'm not talking about just addicts and people who have dealt with a, like acute trauma. Of course, those people are going to have a, a jaded view. I mean, most of us, would never talk to another human being the way we talk to ourselves internally. That's like exactly that we right. would, we, I mean, we, we are so abusive to ourselves with our, with our, um, you know, kind of internal narration. And it, it kind of leads me to my, to my final question regarding 30 days to shred, but again, available on Amazon and everywhere you get your uh, books in both digital format and the paperback. There are, hundred a couple dozen people to 150 people that are listening or watching this podcast that are <laughs> that are that are that are 15 percent body fat and they yep. and they they work out five four five days a week and they're going to go out and buy the book and they're going to, it is going to perfectly fit them there are people who are i'm not talking about morbidly but i'm talking about people who just right now i know i know for a fact there are people listening or watching probably lots more that go like well, I, I'm not good enough or don't deserve this. This is too, right. this is too high level for me. And I don't even mean the words and the practices. I mean, I'm not the type of person who makes body transformations and gets ripped. That's not who I am. I'm not that, I'm not good enough. Like they don't think they deserve it. And for those people, A, I, I from from a marketing standpoint, I want to encourage them to buy the book. But also from a from a more sincere human standpoint, can you explain how like that is a hurdle? Even fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger probably had to get over. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, it's very simple answer. There's a, as you know, there's a chapter in the book that documents four people exactly like those people stories on how they took themselves from morbidly obese to literally insane levels of body fat. Now, not all of them, you know, got shredded to, and from like really fat to healthy. Right. Um, so it kind of is a gamut, but their stories, I mean, we didn't keep, we, 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 we didn't want to keep anything out. One of the guys we blocked out his face because he doesn't want to be recognized, but his, his story is profound. It's probably the most amazing story. His name is. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? We lost, we got digital little digital hiccup. Oh, oh so uh, the guys, the guys, uh, uh, the one of the, the probably the most four people we document yeah. in the book. Uh, the guy's story, who has his face blocked out, his name's Taylor. Mm -hmm. And when I was editing the book, um, it literally brought tears to my eyes, like reading oh. a story because it's so profound. But you know, to answer your question read that chapter, you know, skip around. Don't read the beginning of the book, read the intro. Cause the intro is worth it, but then go to that chapter and just read these people's stories and see what they did and see how they had to overcome their negative self-talk and you know, how they had to literally decide that this was final, 
you know, this was it, that, that they weren't going to, they were sick and tired of being sick and tired and that they were going to do this and follow the steps in this program. And, you know, I will definitely say to those people, you know, that you're, you know, basically addressing, we address this to people who have never fasted. Like you've never fasted. You are a beginner level person. You in your mind are like not worthy of this. You don't deserve losing a body. You can't make this physical transformation. We literally write parts of the book for you specifically. Obviously, as you know, Mike, we have for guys like us, we have the super bros. We have the guys that are like, I've done it all. You know, I've been, you know, I've been on gear. I've competed. I've, you know, I've been a bodybuilder. I've been a physique athlete. Uh, you know, I'm, I maintain 12 to 13% body fat year round. I want to get to 5%. Right. That's in there too, right? So there's nothing that we left out. We addressed every single person. And before women, because I know you have a lot of female listeners. I actually do. Um, I was shocked to find out. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm, I'm saying like, of course you do. But like the reality is, is that it's, we also have it addressed for women. And and, and before women ask, because I get this question all the time, um, there's this like brainwashing going on out there in the, um, let's just call it the body fat loss world. Mm that women have to fast different than men. And the one thing that's completely hogwash bullshit, but, but the reality is, is that women from an evolutionary biologic standpoint did adapt to be feeding the children. They were home around the hearth and obviously the babies, the, the children had to be nurtured often. And so they ate more. So obviously again, from an evolutionary biologic reason, women ate, more frequently but this is not to say that women cannot adapt their metabolisms to go long fast intervals as long as men and again i've coached hundreds of women uh who do this but you know i do there's so much nonsense out there nowadays where i mean i get these messages on instagram all the time from women that are like oh well you know i've been told by my doctor my functional medicine physician that because i'm in pre pre pre-menopause or perimenopause or post-menopause that if I fast for longer than 14 hours, I'm going to destroy this, this, or that. I mean, it's right. insanity, the bullshit that I hear. It is. And one, the one thing I will – I'm not pushing back, actually. I, I will say that this is completely anecdotal. I, I see those same studies that, like, women shouldn't fast at all. or blah, But one thing I will say is I have found it – and this is, again, purely anecdotal – it is a lot easier for guys to fast. Seemingly. It is. It, it just, I, I think women find it much more miserable, at least at it, first. hundred percent yeah. is. And we yeah. talk about that. And again, it is an evolutionary biological perspective. And again, women f- traditionally are emotional based eaters. Sure. Whereas a man is a, you know, if I'm hungry, I eat. Right. So like when women find comfort, you know, commiserating with other women, they eat and, and, and they usually will eat like, you know, whatever it is that is around them that's, you know, uh, readily available. So the ultimate, the the truth is, is that men and women biologically are very, very similar. Uh, Women definitely from an insulin sensitivity standpoint, usually, and again, this also depends on where your ethnicity is. The closer your family is to the equatorial plane, the less insulin sensitive, uh, I'm sorry, the less insulin insensitive you are, which means you biologically grew up where you lift, you raise your hand up and you grabbed food from the trees and from the vegetation versus Northern European Slavic beings are hunter gatherers, right? Like they went 36 to 40 hours without food 
And then they, when they finally caught the big buffalo or the bison or the saber tooth tiger or whatever it was, they feasted and they ate, you know, a lot of food and then they didn't eat again. So again, like again, from an evolutionary biological perspective, we all have different metabolisms. Northern Eurasian, Northern Slavic peoples usually can fast at longer intervals more easily or more readily than people that are closer to the equatorial plane. You know, I always say this like about my wife, Monica, like her mom is from a ranch in Culiacan, Mexico. She's a little tiny, you know, uh, brown skin uh, Latina. And her dad was a white, you know, Irish. He actually had some Cherokee Indian in him. So she's got like a mix, but she cannot fast very long because of her mom's metabolism yeah. or, or genetic inheritance, inheritance from her mom. So she'll go like 17 or 18 hours. And then she's like, I got to eat. Whereas like somebody like me, dude, I can go 60, 70 hours and not even feel it. I mean, I've trained my mind to do that too, but I don't go that long unless I really want to do something for like a health standpoint. But again, going back to it, if you get any value out of this book, it's that you're going to learn that if you can go two days a week for the rest of your life, not eating for 18 to 20 hours, you're going to get all the health benefits that will confer protection to your biological systems and allow you to live longer and stronger than if you didn't. And again, you know, obviously that's all explained in there too. We talk about autophagy and hormesis. Just think of those two biological cascades as cellular fumigations. You know, as we get older and as we live, we get a lot of contaminants and byproducts and, you know, oxidative waste and all this stuff from just living, from eating, from living, from existing, from breathing the poisoned air in the United States. And so if you can go 18 to 20 hours without food twice a week forever, you will live longer than your, uh, the people that are around you who are not doing that. It's that simple. And you probably look better too. You probably look better. For sure. Yeah. You'll be leaner. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there is a fast adaptation that happens when you can do that to your body. And th- there's obviously a lot of spiritual benefits, bro. I mean, all, you know, all the great gurus, sages, yogis, they would always talk about going to the hills, going to the mountains, going to the forest to fast. Yeah. Because when you fast for long periods, your brain produces high levels of brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF. And BDNF the, the, is... The acuity, disorder. mental acuity is one thing that I think even the, the most ardent anti-fasters have to agree. It's like you wake up in the morning and you slam a breakfast down. It's going to keep you duller than if you were to 100%. just go after the day with an empty stomach. It, 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 yeah, it's, there's 100%. something uh, with cognitive effects. The cognitive effects are something way above my pay grade, but it's real, you know. Well, the other thing too, it's it's interesting you brought that up is because of technology, because of blue light, because of like all these technological innovations of, you know, the modernized society today, we don't eat in circadian rhythm patterns that we ate like our forebears did, right? So our forebears woke up at sunlight and stopped working at dark, right? So depending on where you were in the world, you would eat during light. And never eat during dark. Now, obviously, we've changed all of those cycle or uh, light cycle patterns in this planet now because of technology and air conditioning and height, 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 what do you call it? HID lighting. And so our biological pathways, our circadian rhythms are all changed. So, you know, because I, I know a lot of people that really do still follow that, that lifestyle where they eat from 7 a.m. or 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at night. And they have no food in their gullet when they go to bed at night, right? So they're still technically fasting 16 hours, 15 to 16 hours every day. 
Um, but they don't consider that fasting because they're just following like a very, you know, call it prototypical proto ancestral, uh, you know, dietary lifestyle. And again, those are amazing if that's the way you're living. It's just harder to do that nowadays with so much artificial light and technology and screens. Jay, it genuinely is a pleasure to talk to you both on and off the air. It really, I, I always feel so much better when I'm done talking to you, even if it's just you and I shooting the shit or if uh, I get a chance to kind of really pick your brain. And I really highly encourage everybody not only to check out 30 Days to Shred uh, on Shreds, I should say, on um, Amazon, available again in a digital format or in a paperback format. It's probably it's such a dense book. I would recommend probably the paperback if you if you want to spring for it, because you're going to want to mark it up and be able to kind of like notate make notations and, and carry it around with you because it's a, it's a lot to take in even if you're geeky um like like i am um but it is a really well-written book it is a lot of information and it's a lot of useful information if you're really willing to make the change um this is a great place to start also the metabolic blowtorch diet and all of jay's writings on hormone replacement therapy and testosterone replacement therapy optimization um check it out he is jay campbell spelled very normally very predictably and uh <laughs> thanks man thanks again yeah, bro, I appreciate you. And for, for all the listeners, um, I'm happy to give you guys a PDF copy of the book for free. Uh, all you have to do is just go to jcampbell.com forward slash free books. And all you, you can download all the books that Mike just talked about. All the testosterone books are there. Uh, and then the newest two books from this year, which are pep, the peptides book, therapy, uh, Optimize Your Health with Therapeutic Peptides. And then, of course, 30 Days of Shreds, which literally just came out about a month and a half ago. Uh, you get the first two chapters of both of those books there again. So it's jcampbell.com forward slash free books. Thank you, dude. Thank you, my bro. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.